Everyone in tune right now on SAFM. The mashup will be a little bit later on at 8 o'clock in the evening. We'll bring you Lebo Mashile live in the studio. Um, but that's tonight. Right now, though, we're talking the disadvantages of early pregnancy. Um, and obviously, this coming out of the discovery of the 3,000 underage girls who are pregnant in the Ratlau district. Uh, but this is a problem across the country. The numbers may not look as bad, but it's a, a problem across the country in a lot of communities. So um, give us a call if you want to you know, suggest a few solutions on what kind of education we really should be giving and what we should be telling men, that the men that are impregnating these underage girls as well. 0891-104-207. Nontle Ndeta is on the line. Nontle is a therapeutic manager at Childline SA. Nontle, good afternoon. Welcome to Intune. Hello, lady. How are you? I'm well. And yourself? I'm good, too. Thanks for inviting Childline to your radio show. Yeah. It, it was important because I'm keen to hear what work Childline is doing in the Rakao district right after we heard about uh, these girls. Uh, we have a branch in Koshetstrong, Childline Nordwest. Mm. Uh, it's our provincial office. And... Uh, we work closely with the Department of Social Development and other government uh, departments within the province. So as this uh, has been the escalating news of uh, 3,000 pregnant girls who are really at a very, very young age, mm. which is so devastating, uh, the people who would actually intervene at first hand, it's Department of Social Development, and uh, our part, uh, we only take cases that we have received, uh, others are able to call through our 24-hour counseling line service, which is a toll-free number mm. that we try to teach to every learner in every school across South Africa. It's well known. It's the 0800-055-5555 number. So currently, uh, less interventions have been done by Childline in Northwest because now this is a rural area situated in remote areas, which is pretty far from Strand. Mm. But then we are open into assisting as the child protection organization in those cases that require therapeutic intervention and then also uh, constant support for these children and their families. Yeah. Um, I suppose what I'm really concerned about is the fact that these interventions come in after the fact, right? So after these 3,000 girls are impregnated. And, you know, one of the questions I asked to my listeners just now was, what are we, what are we failing to do before, before these girls are impregnated? Is there something that we're not doing right when it comes to the education as well or awareness? Yes, I understand, lady. This number was a huge alarm to all of us. Mm. It said uh, something must be done by the society. And uh, tackling teenage pregnancy and breaking the cycle in all uh, areas across South Africa is not a responsibility for one uh, organization sure. or one department. And then this alarm has actually awaken all of us across South Africa to say, as government departments and as key organizations, which are non-government sectors, as well as the religious sectors and community leaders, what is missing in which area of which province? 
in order for us to be know, to know, okay, we need to be visible in these areas because we are actually foreseeing such danger to these teenagers, such dangers to these children mm-hmm. who will need these services because we are visible with our telephone line. We there. The Department of Education uh, ensures that they do uh, programs in schools and they have LO subjects that teaches these children about caring for one body. But then there are also the social factors that affect children while they're growing up. Peer pressure, uh, influences from uh, external factors such as sugar daddies, which is the cross-generation fix that's going around right now. The most famous one is uh, blessers. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. Of course. So, yes. So now uh, we reach out to where we are needed, but then uh, we highly depend on people from that community to speak out and reach out for the services to be brought forward. Yeah, let let me tell you where I see a gap. And if you're listening, feel free to call and tell me if you agree with me, though. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven is the number. Send your SMS to 34701. This is where I see the gap is. We're using our LO classes and our awareness campaigns to educate young girls to about, you know, HIV AIDS and teenage pregnancy. What we're Mm. failing to do, however, is to speak to those men, so those adult men that are sleeping with these young girls. Because Mm -hmm. when you have a girl that is being, you know, courted by this older man, her power of negotiation isn't where it should be. So at 14 years old, if you are sleeping with a 26-year-old man, the likelihood of you being able to negotiate for safe sex is very low because you're so young and the power dynamics sit where they are. So what I see is we're we're talking to to the young girls, but we're not talking to those men. We're failing to talk to those men, and that's where we're getting it wrong. Yes. So, I mean, Hence, uh, these children are not at an age of making an informed decision. Mm. And then these men would approach them with promises of what they cannot afford, of what they need or of what they want. Mm. And then these children, what is important is for each child, there must be a support structure. There must be that significant person whom the child can be able to approach and speak to and search for advice because others would like that uh, constant attention and then they would get it from the wrong people, you mm. know. Mm. And then, yes, when you say the element of men being involved in the programs and interventions that have been uh, strategically developed, it's minimal. And then so those men who are involved are those who are really foreseeing this issue as something that is really affecting the teenagers of today. Mm. But then those who are really the ones targeting these teenagers are ones who are hidden. And then how can we access them? The teenagers themselves, the victims themselves, have fear of actually reporting them because at the moment when the relationship is good, they do not see anything wrong. But then when something goes wrong and then they become pregnant, now there comes our society. We view these children as people who must adhere to family values. Mm. So they hide that they now they're pregnant because they fear my father at home will beat me to death if I tell about my pregnancy. 
And then when it shows, I fear saying that the father of this child is the old man from this certain house who drives this certain car because now he said I must not tell. But what is it that we need to be doing then? And and I mean, you you talked about how Childline deals with cases that have been handed over or people approaching Childline. Mm-hmm. But how how difficult is it for us to really be proactive in the way we approach this? So we know there's a 12 year old who who has mm-hmm. a child and is pregnant in Rakhlo. Why not find the man that that impregnated her and then and then take legal action against that man? I mean, it's it. I don't think it, it is it is it that difficult to think for us to for us to for us to execute. Uh, as I said earlier, that uh, we do not work solely. All government departments, including the South African Police Services, we all work together. And then what we do is we motivate and encourage children to take pride in their rights and to take action because uh, we can respond when they come forward and report. So currently, what we are trying to spread out in Northwest currently, but we have started in Bojanala, unfortunately, uh, we have been highly involved in implementing a teen parenting program for those teenagers who are already mothers or for those teenagers who are actually taking uh, the role of being uh, the main provider at okay. home or being the head. So this is an important initiative because we're trying by all means to break the cycle of pregnancy. And then with all the awarenesses that we do across the province in Northwest, we encourage reporting. We encourage for each child to be aware of what is incest rape, of what is rape, what is statutory rape, because we know they can be influenced easily being as young as they are and wanting certain material stuff and others have pressure because at home they are poor or maybe they have a certain disadvantage. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. So I think, they work hand in hand. Right. I think that this is a question not just for Childline. I think this is, this is mm-hmm. a question we need to be asking ourselves. At a, you know, it's, it's, and it's a broad question about who needs to take responsibility here. Because, yes, all the support is being given to these girls before and mm-hmm. after they're pregnant, before and after they've met these sugar daddies. But there's mm. very few programs that are targeting the sugar daddies themselves. Um, let me let me take your calls, 0891-1042-07, Nana and Brightish. I see you. I need to take a break, and then I'll hear your thoughts. In tune with Naledi Maleo on SAFM. All right, let's take your calls on this discussion. We're talking about early pregnancy, um, looking at the story that came out quite recently on the uh, underage pregnant girls in Ratlo in the northwest. Nana's on the line in KZN. Nana, yes, good afternoon. Um, Nana, it's, mm. it's such a shame for South Africa for oh. us to actually be dealing with something like this. Yeah. And, you know, it just breaks your heart that South Africans don't take pride in their, in their communities anymore. Mm. We cannot have conversations about this in this day and age, Nalenti. Mm. You know, children's future is, is something that, is, that we should actually guard jealously. Mm. Now, if we, we continue not actually uh, naming and shaming mm. the men who do this to mm. these, these things to these children, how are we ever going to get out of it? Yeah. How are we ever going? And children now are fighting alone. The parents are quiet. It's a very sad story in South Africa. It's children a, are fighting yeah. now. The parents are quiet in every war where the children are fighting. 
So how how are we going to expect an 11-year-old to stand up to an old man mm. if even the parents are not going to name and shame that person? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to protect the, the perpetrator and then say to the girls, um, focus on your future. But who, who's who's saying, no, this is the man that's doing, this is the one that's wrong. This is the man that's the taking advantage. I'm talking about the naming yeah. and shaming has yeah. to happen, my lady. Yeah. Because if we don't have, even if we have a, a naming and shaming roster, where people actually have to look for the people with names like that, I think it's important because we need to actually eradicate this. Mm. Yeah, Nana, thank you for calling. Nana says, South Africans don't take pride in their communities. And I think that's such a powerful po- point that she's made. Because you find mm. communities that stand up against drugs in their, in, their, mm. in their areas. But no one's standing up against this issue. Brightish is on the line in Pretoria. Brightish, yes, good, good afternoon. afternoon lady. Yes, afternoon, Brightish. All right. Uh, it's so disappointing. Oh, and yeah. it encourages a very poor future for mm. South Africa. Certainly, uh, parents are complaining the government took their powers of administration over their children. The schools are not managing the learners at that age. It has increased teenage pregnancies and other illnesses. What is important it is legislation. It happened in a colonial lane three to four months back when the parents were amazed when the social workers came the girl was pregnant by a 15-year boy, but when they took the boy to police, was released to the parents saying the law allows a 12-year girl to have sex. Mm. Even a primary child will automatically tell you that when there is uh, any sexual intercourse, there is fertilization. If the person stood in the parliament and agreed, raised the hand and supported the law, which agrees a 12-year-old girl to have sex. Didn't he know that when you have sex, you get pregnant? It okay, is the law hold which on. There isn't, Brightish, the let's be clear, though. Brightish, let's be clear. And I think that because our laws can be so ambiguous, we get lost. Sorry? There is no law. Would you please switch off your radio, Brightish. There is no law in South Africa that says that it is illegal, that it is legal for a 12-year-old to have sex. What 12-year-olds can do, Brightish, is access sexual health um, assistance in a clinic, but legally they cannot have sex. Let's, let's make that very clear, because it's when we make these mistakes that we allow these sort of things to, to happen in our communities. All right, my lady. Mm. I read it in the newspapers that the church workers told the parents that the law allows them to have sex. Two, my point is, it is not only the parents who are going to develop the children. The schools are the best institutions to develop young children with a good morals and discipline. But now if you look at these young girls and boys, they're not adhering to the rules and policies of the schools. Mm. And the right, just, just quickly, let me ask you this. something. I, I've heard all of those points. Now let me ask you something. The boys and girls aren't adhering. What about Sorry? the men? What do the men need to be adhering to? So the men in right law, what do you say about them? Because now you're talking oh, about right. the girls. All right. The men, I, I don't understand how a man of 30, 40 can really propose affairs with a girl that is almost a grandchild, a granddaughter. I mean, I don't know what is I mean, this type of mind. It seems some people are crazy or uh, insane. 
this is actually what is supposed to be done, mm. that the police, the community members, because those, those, those girls were impregnated through the rooms of which their neighbors around, mm. who are all, all, all of them mothers and parents. Yes. How could such a girl come and enter in such a man's room? And, you know, this man is not married, mm. and this girl is not a relative. How, what is she going to pick inside that room? Yes. Till the end result of pregnancy. Mm. Yeah. So the community itself, as a collective force, should also come in, not waiting for the police, not waiting for the government. Yeah. Now the community must take some sort of action. The British, thanks for calling. Jeremy's in Cape Town. Jeremy, good afternoon. Hello, Mavoir. How are you today? I'm well. How are you, brother? Very well. But, uh, sister, tell me one thing. There's 3,000 cases here. Is this happening during school hours or after school hours? Is this at co-ed schools or uh, a mixed schools? In other words, if it's at mixed schools, then we will start separating these schools into boys' schools and female and male schools. This will stop this um, pregnancy and everything else. I mean, it is shocking. Does it matter if, it ha- if, it, if it's happening in school or after school or if it's, you know, co-ed schools well, or single-sex schools? Well, I think it is important schools? then because your teachers have more control during school hours. And what about in the communities where the sugar daddies are? So that doesn't, that well, doesn't protect the, the children from what happens after 3 o'clock. More control and so must the parents. Who, say, say that again, Jeremy. The police and the parents must take more control of their children. Hmm. All right, Jeremy, thanks for calling. Um, yeah, a few SMSs have come in. Hi, now, lady. Girls need to be empowered through schooling and love. They need to be told good things, um, need to be worked for, and that patience is a virtue. No shortcuts have been given money by sugar, by sugar daddies. It's very easy for us to say that, right? Tell them no shortcuts, then they'll stop. But these are also girls that are living in very poor communities. So when a sugar daddy comes and says and promises her 500 rand, she knows that she can buy food from her for her family. It's not that simple. Um, there's an SMS from Anne that says this, this is nothing new. The only consequence of an early baby is a child grant. Prosecute all guilty of statutory rape. Stop talking. Anne in Western Cape. Um, another one that says materialism is at the center of this exponential pregnancy. We praise sugar daddies and call them blessers. Um, it's just crass materialism portrayed as the end goal to life. And I have a problem with the fact that we, we're starting to use that word. I mean, you're, you're seeing it even in the National Assembly. That word is being used. Blesser, blesser. Why can't we just talk, call it what it is? If a man is 25 years old having sex with a 14-year-old, he's a rapist. It's statutory rape. Let's stop using words like blesser. Um, an SMS that says, what if those kids were sex workers? What then? Um, okay, I'm not sure where that one is going. Let's talk about the state of these girls, Nante. Um Whether it be from their the health as well, because their health, by the time you're, you're 12 years old and you're pregnant, you, you've done a lot of damage to your body. So let's talk about the impact of that and, and what kind of therapy is necessary to get these kinds of girls back on track. So even if you are a parent and your teenage is pregnant, Listen closely because we'll talk about how you can help assist your child to see a brighter future. Because at 13, if you're pregnant, your prospects for your future don't feel so good. Age, uh, they're very young. Their bodies are not yet so strong to carry another weight. Mm. And then they have a risk of having, of giving birth to a child with uh, low weight and then low nutrition 
and then then themselves won't be able to actually uh, have that body that needs to be maintained uh, with well nutritious food mm-hmm. as much as Department of Health would encourage them to have small gardens at homes. But then when you look through, I watch the news, that village sometimes would have dry sand. So it, that is not... Uh, visible for those children. Mm. And then being at a young age, you're not yet equipped or fit to be a mother. To be a mother, you need to be able to do those basic duties of how to birth the child, how to hold the child, and how to feed the child. And then not having a parent or a caregiver present at home who can support you, that also gives uh, so much trauma to the child. Everything becomes so overwhelming. Mm. Listening to the child cry, not knowing what to do in order to help this child keep quiet, even after you have fed her or fed him, it's another trauma on its own. Mm. So Mm. with Childline, the programs that are available, we're looking at teenagers who are having babies who are pregnant already at a younger age. Mm. So we need to teach them the parenting skills at a young age and also to identify what other welfare needs do you have as a child and who can you work in collaboration with in order to assist this teenager. And then from there, we look at the educational needs. Mm -hmm. What else can be done in order to ensure that this child goes back to school and then completes the metric? Because we know that education in this time is the key to succeeding, you know. And then they need various resources, and then there are many factors, such as economic factors, and then uh, that's the highest need because poverty is the highest rate which affects South Africa, we know. Globally, it's a very high factor. Yeah. Just give us the the, the, um, child line. line. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Our line is 08,000. Double five, triple five. Okay. So this line, whoever calls this line, can be anonymous or can tell their names. And then this line is open for the person, the child, or the parent, or the caregiver, any community member to report a case that is affecting a child Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood uh, with, uh, sometimes we encourage them to have some details, maybe a house number or a street number or a village, something that can help us identify that place or something that can help us to reach that child, you mm. know. Mm. And then, yeah. yes. And then others can call in for trauma counseling so that we can assist them with debriefing in that moment and then also refer them further if we cannot actually intervene uh, broadly on the method they do be calling on. And then also we have uh, counseling for children who are in distress. So it's a toll-free number. For those who have a Vodacom number, uh, MTN number, cell-free number, can call it. It will actually direct that specific person to the province where that person is uh, yes, safe. Right. If you're calling from Gauteng, you will reach China and Gauteng. Okay. If you're calling from Northwest, you reach China and Northwest. All right. That's, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Don't for speaking to us. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Nalidi.
All right, Nontland Data is a therapeutic manager, Childline SA. Uh, that helpline again, 08000. At five 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 five. So oh eight thousand double five triple five or five fives. Um Nyakaloliputo on Twitter says it appears to me that these girls may have engaged in transactional sex due to poverty. And the fact that this is blown out of proportion suggests that it is a sort of culture in the area. Um yeah, thanks for, for tweeting. Send your SMSs to three four seven oh one. We'll keep looking at this issue, trying to find solutions as to what we do, um what assistance do we give to girls and how do we talk to the men that are that are sleeping with these girls. You're on in tune on SAFM.